Hey there, Bulldogs, and welcome to this week's episode of Beyond the Tassel. This is your host, Carla Quintanilla. I am a marketing major at the sales class of 2021, and I am so delighted to be hosting this podcast with the purpose of reconnecting with our alumni and informing current students like you about the endless possibilities beyond college. Prepare to be inspired through the incredible stories of our alumni and learn valuable insights from their career journey. We are here to help you spark your career curiosity and encourage you to begin exploring your future possibilities. Now, without further ado, let's get started with this week's guest. Hi, this is your host, Carla, and I am here to present to you John Pelosi, class of 2017. John graduated as a double major in accounting and finance, and now he is an associate advisor at at Legacy Planning Partners. He connected with the Career Development Center quite early in his college career. Today, he tells us about how he walked into the CDC office as a freshman, asking about internships, and now he's a well-established professional in the financial industry who remains in contact with the Career Development Center. In today's episode, John will share the value in internship experiences, his shift in mentality during his first job in accounting, and many more insights within the financial and accounting field. We welcome you, John Pelosi. Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Tassel. Uh, today we have this lovely guest, John Pelosi, class of 2017, joining us. Hi, John. How's it going? Hi, uh, good morning, Carla. Doing well and uh, super excited to be, be part of this program. Yeah, of course. We are so happy to have you. And every time we have another guest, it's just like, uh, you know, the, the pride that we have this platform of a podcast to be able to showcase you guys. So without further ado, we can get started uh, by asking you a few things about yourself and um, and your experience with the sales and, and beyond the tassel after you graduated. Uh, mm -hmm. So you, you graduated in 2017 as a finance and accounting major. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to know, John, where does your passion for finance and accounting came from? Yeah, so, uh, you know, it's really something I've had from, uh, I would say from an early age. So actually, uh, my parents tell the story that uh, when I was young, they had uh, started to save some money for me for a college fund. And uh, because it was invested in the stock market, the stock market goes up and down, you know, in different periods of time. And one period it was down a little bit. So I was about three years old. They came in and just as a, as a little joke to me, they go, oh, John, I'm sorry, your college count's down about 1%. <laughs> and I started crying. Uh, so I kind of burst into tears. And so the joke from the, the family was, of course, that that's how they knew I was destined to be uh, be in this field that I was obviously very much concerned about finances and, and that whole world. But no, for, you know, from there, uh, I also participated in a lot of different activities. I always had an interest in, in business in general, but yeah, really the, the financial and the money aspect of it. In, uh, in middle school, I got to participate in uh, a program called the Stock Market Game, which mm -hmm. is a program that was done with a lot of different middle school kids. And you get basically uh, you know, kind of virtual play money, and you get to create your own stock portfolio and, and track how it performs over a period of time. So uh, really fun way to, to get kind of a start in the 
in the investment world and understand how it works. But uh, yeah, it's been something I've had for really for a long time. Yeah, it comes from within. I can tell. Yeah. Now, where, where did you do that activity? That that club was it in high school? Yeah. That was actually in. Uh, it was in middle school. I think it was sixth or seventh grade when I was at uh, St. Joseph, the work of school. Uh, we did it there, and then actually in high school at Parkland, I did have the opportunity to take kind of further investing uh, classes as an elective. Where then we started to get more, you know, as a start into the technical aspects of it. Obviously, we're proceeding on to college, uh, to the college level. Yeah, of course. I mean, I would say I recommend if anyone that's listening today, that's, um, you know, maybe a prospective uh, sales student looking into the business school, uh, taking those electives in high school can mm -hmm. help you, you know, narrow down your options sometimes in your major or see if you really, really like this um, major and would like to pursue it. So you are a Lehigh Valley native. Mm -hmm. And you have you when you were in your, in your college hunt, what one made you choose the sales? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so actually I had a, in some ways a big family connection. My my father uh, went through the MBA program at DeSales um, okay. when I was growing up. Uh, and then my brother did his undergrad studies at DeSales about uh, about six years before I, I came through. So I had already kind of been familiar with the school. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I was I was evaluating a couple different colleges. I knew I wanted to be in the area just because I love this. I love this part of the world, and uh, mm -hmm. and it's home to me. Um, and so I had looked at some other schools in the area, um, but then did the tour of the sales, and uh, and really just fell in love with it. You know, yeah. I liked, I liked the I liked the size of it. I liked that kind of closer family feel. Uh, Gambit was just being completed actually at that okay. time. So that was very exciting to me to see this this big new academic building that I'd be spending a lot of time in just getting put in, and uh, and just the whole the whole element of solution spirituality and kind of how that that translates to the view of um, really the view of professions and even even what kind of the purpose of working in a career is about um, just really connected with me. So um, yeah, there was a lot there was a lot to love from my perspective, and I certainly. Loved uh, my time at the sales very, very much. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, I think that in the values of the sales very much aligned with, uh, with many of us. And I think that's what makes the sales such a tight community with many incredible alumni and just the student body, um, just supporting each other in, in many ways and, and staying close together with everything. So. John, you also uh, decided to double major in, in finance and accounting. Is that something you had planned right uh, during freshman year? Or is that something that you decided in during your college career? And why would you recommend that somebody double majors? Do you see a benefit in what you did? Sure, sure. So um, I knew going in, and that was actually one of the things I thought was very impressive, was that uh, the sales made a, a good point of, talking about different paths for, for dual majors. Mm -hmm. And um, I've just thought it would be a great way to add kind of complementary skills. You know, accounting and finance is a, is a yeah. pretty natural fit in terms of, uh, you know, the, the required classes you're taking and the skill set, even though they have different focuses, um, there is a lot of, a lot of crossover that's helpful. So um, 
I didn't, I didn't necessarily start that way. I knew finance was going to be one major, uh, and I was looking to add something else in, in the business, uh, you know, kind of in the business school, if you will. Mm-hmm. But then eventually, as I kind of explored it more, I thought accounting would be a great fit. And, um, and I do think that, that doing a double major is something that people should at least look at and consider. Uh, I think it can help, again, first of all, from a, from a skills perspective, you know, the chance to add a, a complementary set, um, but also from a marketability perspective uh, as a grad in, in the job uh, search. You know, sometimes uh, employers are, are looking for ways to, to narrow down the field. You know, they get they might get hundreds of applications. And so, you know, you want to make it as easy to, to kind of jump to the top as you can. And so, for sure. example, you know, if you're if I was just a finance major and I was, you know, applying to an accounting firm uh, and they might be saying, listen, we just want somebody who's got a major in accounting. So, you know, you get weeded out kind of right away. So just just again, having a, that that broader market ability, I think, is helpful. And uh, just as a side note, I would say I have many friends who whose double majors weren't as close as as mine were, but were still very helpful. I, I um know a classmate I had who was very involved in theater and uh, she had the goal of running her own theater one day. So mm-hmm. she actually double majored in theater and, uh, and finance. And so she had wanted to get that financial acumen and she was also taking accounting classes too. get yeah. that acumen of, of how, you know, money works inside of a business in addition to this, into the passion side of it, which is, which is obviously the theater. So, you know, certainly exploring even those maybe more uh, more distinct double majors, I think is is definitely something that's worthwhile looking at. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that advice. I definitely agree with you. I, I'd say that a lot of students right now, even especially because of what is going on in the job market, they are, you know, pushing themselves to complete another mm-hmm. skill set, another major to be uh, to enhance in their their post grad job search and be able to be more competent. It never hurts, and just gotta challenge yourself. I think it is a little bit challenging to you know overload mm-hmm. those classes, make sure you have everything uh, that's required. But was it diff- like? Would you say that is that was a challenge for you? Did you have to take um, any overloading semesters? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so it was for me. It was. Um, in some ways, it was easier because uh, I was also knew I was going to also pursue the uh, certified public accountant accreditation or CPA license. Yeah. And basically, that has a credit requirement that's 150 credits, which is already kind of above the standard. So mm-hmm. knowing already that I was going to have to take extra courses anyway, yeah. uh, I didn't really posed much of a, an issue from that perspective because I was already kind of on the track to do that. So um, it can be, you know, it certainly can add to your, to your course load. Um, and it's, it's really a matter of, of knowing, like you, like we talked about, you know, what, you know, what's important. Is it a, is it something that you, you think is, is a priority? And if so, just kind of trying to make a plan. Um, I remember sitting down sophomore year and, uh, and kind of scouting out the, or sketching out, I should say, the kind of the next couple of years of, all right, these are the classes that I'm going to be taking for the next basically six semesters. You know, I'm going to take this then, I'm going to take this next. 
Um, for the CPA, I, I was going to do summer classes as well to help earn those credits. So I say definitely making a plan uh, is is important and not just letting it kind of letting it come to you. I think you have to be proactive and, and make those plans. Absolutely. That that is I, I don't think I've heard that in from any alumni yet. We haven't touched that topic about how important it is you know, early on in your college journey to, to sit down with yourself and plan out what that future, you know, years look like, especially because um, classes are not always offered in mm -hmm. the spring and in the fall. So yeah, it's anyone that's listening, any students, if you haven't done that, that's something to think about. I, I remember doing the same thing with, um, with myself. So I, I know when we talked, John, we talked, uh, before we recorded and you mentioned that you that you went to the career development center pretty early on as well you went your freshman year to just kind of say you know to, to say hello and, and see what mm -hmm. is up with the career development center but what drove you to go do you have a story of um of why you decided to go in as a freshman yeah so um you know, one of the things that was important to me, I wanted to at least see if it was possible, was to to start the kind of internship experience early in my in my college years. So um, I know that it can be a little bit more difficult for someone who's younger, who's a freshman or a sophomore, to find those internship opportunities. And I figured that the Career Development Center was probably going to be about the best place I could go. Uh, you know, to, to do that search and see what was available. So mm -hmm. it was probably around January, maybe, of, of um, my freshman year. So kind of the start of the second semester of freshman year that I went there. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I went first, you know, have my resume reviewed again to make sure it was up to date, that I was kind of hitting on all the things that, that I should be. Uh, but then also utilizing their their database of, of internship opportunities, what I believe now it is called Bulldogs for Hire. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so looking through that, and, and that's actually where I, I did find my, my first internship uh, oh. through, through Legacy Planning, where I am today. That's amazing. Uh, I didn't know. So, so you found it through Bulldogs for Hire. Mm -hmm. Was it? Was the website called differently before? Yes, yeah, back then I believe it was CareerLink. Was the name? Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, Bulldog, yeah. I do like bulldogs for hire. I think yeah. that's quite a, a clever. Yeah. Oh my goodness, yeah, and, and we I don't know if you did that through the back when you um, submitted your resume, but we now are able to submit your resume through Bulldogs for Hire. Then we will mm -hmm. review it through there, get it approved, so that you can apply or send your resume to all the listings there without having to do it individually. So okay. really neat platform that we that the career development has developed and it's super useful for students. I'm glad that you were Absolutely. able to take advantage of it. So mm -hmm. tell me about that internship experience of yours with with mm -hmm. Legacy. You told us you found it through through this platform with Career Development Center. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your experience there and what what was it like uh, for anyone that's listening that's also looking for internships in finance? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, first of all, Legacy Planning is a, a financial advising, comprehensive financial planning firm here in Lehigh Valley. We're right across from, from Dorney Park, actually. Uh, and um, Obviously, in the in this industry of financial advice and personal financial service, where we're meeting individually with with clients and families and small businesses, 
to uh, to help them with their their financial needs. And I'm sure we'll dive into that kind of more in detail later. But as an intern, you know, it was it was just basically getting a start on on administrative tasks as a way to kind of break in is, is how I started. But um, but I would say tasks that were meaningful uh, to our operation. So a lot of um, ensuring that our client contact was up to date, mm-hmm. ensuring that we were getting uh, information out to our clients. I remember several projects where I was I was reaching out personally, even as an intern, to uh, to either schedule clients or to um, you know to be sending out. Uh, some some communications to them to update them on their accounts. Mm-hmm. You know, very very early on was uh, was you know in touch with clients, and I would say a very meaningful part of the team. Uh, and then I, I did intern there for several seasons, and of course each season your your, your responsibilities progress and get more and more. Okay. I think uh, maybe the later my first season or early second one, I was actually helping with the the um, uh, input of the financial plan data. So when we do a financial plan, we're using software to help us with projections and analysis and modeling. So yeah. being part of that that kind of data collection and input phase of the plan, um, even as an intern, which was great because I got to see uh, kind of see how the process works and how an advisor goes through the very start of a plan, all of the analysis that goes on, and then and then what that looks like on the end stage. Um, got to sit in on uh, on some client meetings as well, mm-hmm. and uh, and listen to the discussions. If clients were okay with that, and most of them were, thankfully. Yeah. It's great to uh, great way to gain experience there, and just listening to, you know, how those conversations take place, and and you know some of the common themes that uh, that can often develop between different clients. So, uh, some experience. Um, you know, one thing I, I'll touch on because sometimes I'm asked the question of, you know, what what's the different, you know, what's kind of different between interning and, and like your classroom, right? Like the, the different yeah. experience in the two. Sure. I would say um, what I usually tell people is, you know, in, in the classroom and especially in, in kind of technical majors, if you will, like a finance or uh, or accounting, you know, you're 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 learning all of the technical aspects, right? You're learning about you know how to price a stock, how to evaluate uh, cash flows, present value, future value—all these very kind of technical things, which which are very important. But when you get into the the uh, actual kind of industry setting, now you have the variable of of human nature yeah. that you're dealing with, right? So it's not it's not necessarily like a test where you know you got to do the calculation right and you get the right answer. It's also all right, well, I also have to address the, the human elements behind that. So, you know, helping people understand, like, yes, I've got the right answer right here, helping them understand why that is and, and basically why they should be, should be following our advice. So uh, that's definitely a big difference. You know, working in a, even in an internship, a lot of times it's, it's the first opportunity working in a professional setting. And that's a little bit, I would say it's a little bit different um, in a lot of ways. But one of the things I think of is as a student, you're, you're kind of responsible unto yourself in a lot of ways. Yeah. You, know, you, if I do well, I get a good grade. If I do badly, I get a bad grade. 
and it's all kind of on me. Mm-hmm. The team, you know, you have that obviously you have individual responsibility to do your best, but also it's it's affecting your team, right? So if you're not if you're not doing a good job or you're not putting in the maximum effort, it's also going to reflect poorly, unfortunately, on on the office and the firm. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a new it's a new dynamic, I would say, maybe than than you know just what you experience in the classroom. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more with you. I, I have done internships myself. And I think that, like you said, that exposure to in, like communication with others and, and also having a focused goal for the values of the company and dealing with their environment is completely different than talking more general theories of how to do something. And so that's why we always recommend that students do take the time to do an internship during their college career because they're gaining experience, which looks good on their resume, and they're learning about themselves at the same time as a professional. You, um, you get to develop those transferable skills, right? That, uh, that you don't always uh, develop in, in the classroom when you're just given the answers or you're just giving the homework to do, but not necessarily a problem, uh, problem solving. That's reality with, with reality. That's awesome. And, and I'm, I know we talked a lot about legacy, but I'm, I'm curious to know back when you were talking about how you first found legacy, you mentioned you sticked with, you, you stuck with legacy for, for the duration of, of your college journey for the most part. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to know what made you stick with them. Like you could have easily mm-hmm. just gone to find another internship, but you, sure. you stuck with them. And is there is there a reason why you, um, you wanted to stick with them? And maybe the way that they made you feel or the values that it aligned with you. And also, um, for anyone that's a freshman or anyone that's younger or hasn't done an internship, I want to know your experience on that training side. Like, how was did, were they able to train you in what you were supposed to do? Was it more of you had a mentor that was guiding you through your internship, or did you just kind of get that hands-on experience and had to learn through like mistakes? And and you know, that's not necessarily the reason, but I want to know your your experience sure. with that. Sure, sure. So. Um... Yeah, I would, I'll start with kind of, you know, the reason I stayed there. I just, I really connected, um, I think, with on just a lot of different dimensions. First of all, I, I loved the industry. I really resonated with the job that we were doing, which is helping people achieve their financial goals. Um, really just, just was ignited a passion, quite frankly, in me that I really, really liked. Uh, working that way. I like the way that we as a company went about it. Um, I thought that the philosophy around, you know, how to provide these financial services here was the right one. Um, so that was obviously, that's, that's important. You want to have that, that kind of, let's say, for lack of a better term, kind of ethical alignment or, or principle sure. alignment. Yeah. Um, but then also just also as, on a team level, awesome, awesome team that along really well. You know, that's one of the things, um, you know, obviously that that is, I don't say a risk, but it's certainly a concern whenever you start a new job is, you know, what's what's the team going to be like? Am I going to gel with these people well? Mm-hmm. Um, or are there going to be a lot of, you know, inter-office conflicts? What's that going to look like? And you hear, of course, you hear stories, you know, sometimes of people who have those experiences, unfortunately. Sure. But, I, you know, I can tell you here, I, 
you know, no, like no, essentially very, very little conflict and certainly no conflict on a, on a personal nature. You know, there was debate of ideas, of course, and hands and that sort of thing. And then, and a, and a free exchange of ideas, but never, uh, you know, kind of those personal interpersonal fights, I think. Um, and so that was a big thing for me, just, just got along really well with the team. So there was a lot, there was a lot for me that, that, to to say, you know, this is a great, I think this is a great fit and yeah, potentially somewhere where, you know, I might spend my career, honestly. Awesome. So that, yeah, that was that. So in, in terms of the process of the internship, um, I did have, uh, there's, there's an office manager, Angie Eidelman, who basically is also kind of the intern coordinator. So mm-hmm. she would, um, you know, we would meet every day. We would get set up on like a list of tasks for me to do, um, go through them. And then she would kind of give them a, give them a review, make sure everything was, was going all right. And, you know, provide, provide any feedback that was, uh, that was there, you know, for, for helpful to me or, you know, things to think about or me giving feedback on the project if there's any any way I thought I could maybe streamline a process and that sort of thing. So no, I would say it was very good, um, very good uh, system. I learned you pick up so many little things. It's uh, it's funny to think back on now, but even sometimes things as simple in, in terms of office kind of etiquette and how to interact with, with coworkers. Like mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, you need to take a breath uh, as an intern you want to do things, you know, you, you want to do things right if you're very conscientious, of course. So sometimes you, you, maybe when you're starting, you might be popping in and talking to your manager like every 10 minutes, and then you have to realize to chill. I know I did that a little bit in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. Let me like, let me aggregate some of these questions. Yeah. Let me, uh, you know, take a minute and, uh, you know, if there's a couple different things I'm not understanding. Maybe like I'll regroup with her in the afternoon with like four questions instead of bugging her every half hour uh, yeah. kind of one-off. So just little things like that you, you learn and you kind of integrate. Um, I love to touch with you about in like your, your job experience with finance and accounting. And we mm-hmm. talked about your uh, experience at Deloitte. So can you tell us a little bit about uh, the time frame of that and sure. how, that, how that was for you? Yeah, so actually, um, like I said, I, I was at Legacy in college. I did two summers and two winters here. Loved it. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, could see potentially a career at the company, but at, you know, at 21 years old, it's a little bit, um, maybe frankly, a little bit intimidating to think like, okay, am I going to commit, you know, maybe to a career in, in this industry and in this company, even though I've loved it, I really don't know much else. So, um, so I made the decision to pursue an internship uh, in the more in the accounting sphere. Um, this would be uh, junior year. I was applying for some some of those internships, mm-hmm. and uh, was uh, accepted for an internship at Deloitte and Touche, which is um, it's called one of the big the big four accounting firms. If you ever hear that come up, basically it's one of the firms that is very very prevalent in. Um, in accounting and services for the Fortune 500 companies, sure. especially on the larger scale. So, in some ways, Deloitte is uh, measured as the largest professional services firm in the world. But I, uh, I did an internship in their audit practice in uh, junior year, summer after junior year, 
did that for about three months. And then by the end of that, so right before senior year, they came back with a full-time offer mm. uh, for employment after, after graduating in May. So, um, you know, went, decided to go with that. I, you know, uh, it was nice to have an offer before, uh, before senior year for sure. And could really, uh, enjoy senior year without that, that stress. But, um, anyway, I, I worked there, um, after graduation as well for, um, for several more months, I think in total, I was there about a year, year and a half. Yeah. And, um, was pursuing the CPA designation through that time and got the, the CPA license there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was one of those things where uh, I really enjoy, I mean, I enjoyed the people I worked with a lot. Uh, we typically, mm-hmm. the way it's structured in, in an audit like this is you're working, first of all, what is auditing? <laughs> auditing is basically where you're going in and you're checking the the financial statements of a, of a publicly traded company. So you're making sure that when they report their their annual uh, you know, finances or their quarterly statements, making sure that every all the line items they're saying are are you know fairly presented to the public, um, because people are relying on those statements for you know valuing the stock and for other kind of corporate actions related to the business. So that's our our job as an auditor was to make sure everything on those statements was presented fairly uh, for people to make those decisions. So. Typically, we worked in teams of about eight to ten. Um, we would go into a company. Uh, there's ver- there's various tests you perform and kind of analysis that you do to check on these financial statements. So um, that's pretty much the the nature of the business there. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I had a great great experience with all the people I worked with there, um, and and enjoyed them very much. It's actually kind of interesting because it's an industry where there is typically a lot of young people. Uh, so you're starting with a lot of people who are your age or, or very close to your age, which is kind of a fun environment. Yeah. But, but uh, you know, as I was kind of getting further along into that, I, I was, you know, not necessarily feeling that that was the direction I wanted to go. Ah, okay. So the actual, just the actual nature of the job, like I said, enjoyed my teams. Deloitte as a company, I think, is a great company. Um, I think that they take care of their their well, um, but just the nature of the work itself wasn't something that I was connecting with in a big way. And so I, I you know, I thought to myself, well, you know, maybe that's okay because we got we all got to start somewhere, right? So even if you're not loving the job today that I'm doing, well, what about what my bosses do? What I what I like to do? What my managers and bosses at Deloitte do? Uh, what I like to do, what my counterparts on on the other side, on the corporate accounting side, who I'm inter- interacting with, mm-hmm. audit, like what I like to do, what they would do. And, you know, as I was thinking about that and, and kind of studying what they did, you know, the answer kept coming back, you know, not not really, not really. This this may not be the right path for me. Yeah. Um, you so know. You did that kind of awareness check with yourself. And was yeah. that... How, how further, like, how long had you been with Deloitte when that happened? You know, frankly, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't that, that long. Um, uh-huh. It was probably about six months into my, my full-time assignment. Okay. Um, you know, it's a, it's an industry where you can certainly be very, very successful. If it's something that is, you know, something that you enjoy, 
and it's something that you're, you're good at, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very successful career. Um, but it, you know, you have to, like anything, you have to be dedicated to it. And so if you're yeah. not, you know, if be feeling this is the right path for you, like I was feeling, I said, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to achieve the, the success that I want in my career by doing something that, um, you know, just not, it's just not connecting with me in the way yeah. that I want. Yeah. And, oh, that's, that is a, a difficult situation for some, yeah. well, you know, you handled it pretty well. And I'd love to talk about that process with you, but mm-hmm. it is so, uh, it can be a little bit intimidating for some students who are working and realize that pretty early on, like you did to sure. take that next step and begin job seeking somewhere else, knowing that they have mm-hmm. been in this company for a very short time, knowing yeah. that it's not working for them, or maybe they just don't see a future like like you assessed. Um, but tell us about that, how that went about with the process of resignation. I think it's a very important topic that's very real. Uh, it happens often, and it is just one of those uncomfortable things to do or talk about and uh yeah so was that like was it like mm-hmm. that for you and how what how did they how did you go about it in in your field uh is there a sure. process that you follow mm-hmm. to do it professionally so, basically sure sure so i uh one of the things first i wanted to do is i, I wanted to have uh, you know the next step already kind of secured so i know sometimes people will leave a job and then they'll kind of start the hunt and, uh, and and hope to find something, you know, I, my personal feeling was, you know, no, I, I, I want to have something kind of set up that I know I'm going to versus I'm just, you know, just leaving. I don't want to do that. So um, I did, I was searching at some different places. Um, I'll probably touch on that in a little bit, but I would say, you know, when I had found uh, Legacy again, you know, and, and agreed to, to come back here and, and, uh, was ready to start. Mm. I went into my my manager at Deloitte. It was kind of interesting because the way we would work is we work in these teams and we all sit together like in a conference room at a company or just usually in very close proximity. So yeah. I, so I had to come in that day and and say to my manager, "Hey, can I can I talk to you in private?" You know, and kind of pull yeah. pull her aside. So that's that's a little interesting, maybe a little bit uh intimidating, but Yeah. But uh, no, you know, just just let her know and say, hey, you know, I appreciate, you know, working with you. I've enjoyed working with this team. Uh, there's no conflict from that perspective. I think the Wood's a great company, but this, uh, you know, I've come to realize this just isn't the right path for me. And um, and I'm, I'm going to be going, moving on to something else. But I, you know, I want to give you notice that this is my intention. I want to give you a few weeks knowing that, that, you know, I can transition the responsibilities that I've had, you know, to the team. I can get people up to speed on, on where I was at in certain processes, help them get, you know, on board with it uh, before I, before I head out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was her reaction pretty understanding for her? Yeah, it, it was. So especially that, that industry has, has a lot of turnover. Um, a lot of people uh, will work there a couple of years and then they'll, they'll go into a different branch. So, so there, there's no, uh, you know, I, I, they're used to, they're used to turnover um, mm-hmm. and, and people making career changes or just making shifts. So uh, no, very understanding. Um, you know, 
actually even, uh, you know, ask the questions, which I think a, a great manager always does, is just to, to confirm that it really was, you know, uh, basically a career shift in my mind, you know, not that I wanted to work on another team at the company or, you know, something like that. It was at Deloitte, it was, you know, okay, this is really and truly kind of for John, a, a shift in where his his career focus says, I, you know, I we can understand that. So yeah, they were very understanding. I, it was actually uh, kind of funny. I gave them two weeks notice and they actually said, basically, uh, how about how about five days? And, uh, and we said, which, I, which was fine with me, you know, in that, in that field, there's, you know, you're working with confidential information. So uh, I think they figure if, if you're on your way out, there's no reason to keep you <laughs> longer than they have to and expose, you know, exposing the more info like that. So we did it in five days. I got the rest of my team up to speed and turned in my laptop and, uh, and was on to the next opportunity. Wow. Wow. Well, that's, that's, Crazy. I think that is a very quick transition to just have yes. a place yeah. to, to, um, to do this. But um, I want to quickly touch back to what you mentioned, and that is your CPA license. Um, mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about um, what that is and how long it took you to, to earn that? Yeah. Uh, and if you still use it in, in mm -hmm. legacy, or is that something that's accounting only? Okay. Yeah, so the, the CPA is stands for Certified Public Accountant License. It's a state license. So the, the state of Pennsylvania basically sets parameters for who they're going to license as, as CPAs. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it basically is, is a way to, certainly a way to distinguish yourself uh, in the industry. I would say for anyone who's looking in the accounting field, uh, the CPA, has to be a very strong consideration, has to be. Uh, many companies, you know, you will hit a ceiling, frankly, if you don't have that designation, if you're, in, if you're working in the accounting field in terms of your, your progression up the chain. Sure. So um, Deloitte um, was very, very helpful. Uh, and I think most of the big four work this way and kind of helping sponsor you through the CPA process. So. First, on the education side, you need 150 credits, like I talked about, to, to, get, uh, to get the license. Okay. Then you need to take uh, a series of tests. It's four, four tests. Each, I believe, is four hours long. And it's basically testing you on, on all the different aspects uh, you'll find in accounting. So uh, a lot of focus on tax uh, regulations and how taxes are done. Uh, a lot of focus on um, some kind of business law considerations. Uh, financial, what's called, it's called GAAP, generally accepted accounting principles, which is almost kind of like the language of accounting. So how, you know, how certain transactions in a business should be classified from an accounting perspective. And as you can imagine, there's a lot of details on that. Sure. Um, and then audit, you know the topics on auditing, how do, how do you perform an audit? What are the steps? What are some of the tests? Um, but obviously these, these, these are, I mean, they're heavy. They're heavy tests, they're intense. Um, you know, I usually typically spent about, about a month, I think a month to two months preparing for each one. Um, but took, took the four tests over the series of about six months. Okay. And then after you, you pass all the tests, 
you know, there's a uh, just a work hours requirement that's basically one year of of industry experience, you know, and you have a supervisor, a CPA sign off on that. So it's um I would call it a pretty robust program, you know. Uh, the obviously with the, the college credits, it comes back to making a plan and charting out how you're gonna get that done. And then with the tests, um, you know, it, it takes a lot of, I think it takes a lot of discipline. It's just a lot of information to get through. There's obviously uh, review, you know, and prep programs that you go through um, that are helping you with that, but it's, uh, they're intense. Yeah. So, um, but I was very happy. I mean, I, I, I had it done by um, basically the November after graduation. So that was a focus for me. You know, not everyone does it exactly that quickly, but yeah. me, I figured, you know, I was young, I'm not married, I don't have kids, you know, I, yeah. I, have, I have more ability to focus at, at that point uh, than I felt like I would have later in the career. Absolutely, yeah. That's so, yeah, so, so back to your, uh, your question, do I use it now? Um, Unfortunately, uh, I'm considered in the inactive phase of the CPA because there's a certain continuing ed uh, requirement. Okay. I would be referred to the name. But naturally, I mean, the skills that we learn, especially on the tax side, you know, there is a lot of, there is a lot of transition, I would say, on that side into what I do here. Okay. Um, so the knowledge I gained, you know, certainly, uh, certainly stays in place even if the uh, the actual license is, is in that inactive state now. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was wondering that, like, once you earn it, can you... Now, if you were continuing the accounting field mm -hmm. and have been an active member, is this a license that is a, is, a, is a permanent license or do you have to renew it every so often? Do you know? Yeah, so from my understanding, um, unless there's been a change, is that... In, in, as far as the tests go, you're you're good on those. You don't have to do those tests again. Okay. You have to stay active with uh, continuing education. So okay. there's a program of you have to take so many credits of continuing ed, um, you know, per I believe it's every year or every two years in your in your licensing period. Oh, of course. Uh, in order to keep that that active. So typically, again, if you're working at a firm in the big four or another accounting firm, you know, the firm is helping sponsor, yeah. those, you know, those and kind of defray the cost to you to do that. Yeah. So, um, so there are requirements, but the, the good news for anyone who takes the CPA is that as far as I know, you don't have to sit for those, uh, those heavy tests again. Anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's a one and done thing. That's mm -hmm. great. Awesome. So now that you have, you know, when you came back to Legacy, um, tell us about what, like, were you hired as a specific role then? Mm -hmm. And is that the same role you're in now? Um, and then, you know, what are some of the responsibilities that you have right now that, you know, that are different from Deloitte, I guess, you know, we went over what you did in Deloitte, but um, that make you feel more comfortable with, with what you're doing. Yeah. So um, I, when I was hired, it, it was actually interesting. And, and I, I hope you, you mind if you'll indulge me if I could go actually on a tangent back to kind of on <laughs> the job search side, because yeah, I, of course. I think it's in, an interesting uh, process. Yeah. But, um, I, uh, so like I said, I was looking while I was still, still working at Deloitte. 
I actually, I actually hadn't reached out to Legacy. And I think in, in retrospect, I, you know, I wish I had, obviously things turned out okay. But I think part of me was a little embarrassed maybe that, you know, hey, I had been interning with them and then I left and I, I went to another company. Like, you know, I'm kind of embarrassed to go back now and say, hey, can, you know, can I have a job, please? <laughs> sure. That was what was in my mind, you know? Yeah. And so, so I kind of, I, I didn't reach out to them and I, and I, you know, I should have. And I would encourage anyone who's listening, you know, if that's the case, if you've had this great experience at an internship you know, uh, hopefully you left the right way and you did all, you know, you acted very professionally as you, even if you tried something else, I would say, don't be afraid to reach back out. I mean, at the end of the day, it never hurts to, to see where they're at. Maybe, maybe they don't have something available, but you know, you, you've rekindled that connection. I don't, I don't think that's a bad thing, but that aside, that's what I wish I would have done. But instead I, I applied to some different uh, companies in the industry Okay. Uh, I actually sent out a lot of uh, cold emails. You know, I would find the email address of, of an HR individual or somebody in the company um, and just and just sent out a bunch. Now, uh, and you know what? It's it, I got some responses, you know, okay. you know, you have to obviously it's what we call the law of large numbers. You know, you, you send out 50, you might hear back from, you know, five, but that's five people that you that you've gotten in touch with that you wouldn't have if you didn't if you didn't make the effort. So sure. um, I ended up interviewing for a company. It was a financial advising group that was also attached to an accounting firm. So I thought, hey, this this sounds pretty cool. I mean, it's it it sounds like they'll appreciate kind of what I'm I'm bringing to offer here. Uh, interviewed, talked to them, uh, actually got an offer, and. Um, then went into the process of negotiating uh, around salary. Um, this was in a was this kind of further toward Philadelphia, so mm -hmm. it would have been a move for me. I uh, really would have been a big change, you know, from from kind of my setup. So I went negotiated what I thought was fair, um, and uh, unfortunately, in the process of negotiating. They said, uh, you know, unfortunately, we can't meet your, uh, you know, your request. Oh, and by the way, uh, forget about the offer we gave you. Uh, we're giving the job to someone else. Mm. So that was that was obviously uh, pretty. <laughs> it's pretty disheartening. Uh, pretty upsetting. Um, that you know, it's like wow. I thought I found something here. Uh, you know that maybe this is my next step. Yeah. And to have that to have that pulled out um, is tough. I would, again, I would not discourage anyone from negotiating, though, uh, yeah, you know, okay. as long as you're, certainly as long as you're being reasonable, as long as you're being professional, that don't, don't take that experience to say like, oh, I, I should negotiate, you know, to be frank, uh, if a company does what, what kind of what happened to me, maybe you don't want to be working with them in, uh, you know, in the first place anyway. So, that is that, yeah, so anyway, that, that happened. There was kind of a lull in the search because um, just because we were in the busy season in accounting. Um, but then actually Legacy, my old manager at Legacy reached out, who was my intern supervisor. I guess maybe she had gotten flagged for a reference call or something like that. Oh, maybe. Yeah, she reached out to me and said, uh, you know, we're looking for someone to come in to really work with one of our senior advisors, Jan, who's actually the founder of the company. 
mm-hmm. um, and has been he's been in the industry for 40 years you know if someone we just want someone to assist with with all the client relationships with him and um you know it's kind of a it's kind of a new program but you know is this something you'd be interested in and it was perfect i mean it really it checked uh-huh. the boxes for everything i was looking for yeah and the company that i knew i really enjoyed working at so um that's how i kind of how i came back to legacy that mm-hmm. that came at perfect timing talk about perfect yes. opportunities it, and it really it, and, and you know it's really amazing it actually in terms of perfect timing the now i am working with jim i you know now i know how busy he is and he's typically scheduled weeks you know weeks out when yeah. they out to me i actually was having like some vacation come up the next day and i, I said i'm like angie i know there's probably no way that you could get, you know, Jan and I could meet tomorrow to talk about this. I just, you know, I happen to have this day off. She goes, oh, no, he's actually free this day, which is pretty strange. But <laughs> come in, come in and we'll, we'll, we'll all meet about it. So wow. it's, it's perfect. I, you know, um, one of the things I'll add before, before we, we go, you know, into the kind of my progression now that I've been back, um, I'm really a big believer uh you know, frankly, in, in the in in the faith aspect of it, I think that's an important thing for for people to consider. Because um, through this process, you know, I I you know would just be praying. Frankly, I'm like, you know, God, I think I think you I think I'm not supposed to be where I'm at right now mm. in in the accounting field. I, I don't think that's the case. I, I think you want me somewhere else. Because I just feel, you know what I mean, in terms of yeah. of what I'm feeling would be would be right. But let you know, let your will be done in my life, whatever that whatever that direction is. I'll I'll accept that. And so you know, when I start to see some of these things. It you know it, it it's interesting you know perspective because you know if things had worked out with that other job, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. And I probably, frankly, probably wouldn't be as, as happy as I am today. So, you know, something for anyone who's listening, you know, some of those setbacks, you might have those setbacks in the search and you might, you might be angry, frustrated, certainly disappointed about it. And just wondering, you know, what, like, you know, what's going on? Like, why, why did it get pulled out? You know, I thought, I thought I'm supposed to make a change. Why isn't it? Why didn't this work out? Yeah. And it's just because there really is something better that's, that's just a little ways down the road. So absolutely. It's just a matter of time. So that's mm-hmm. wonderful that you had that experience too. Uh, so yeah, like you said, anyone that's listening to not lose faith that there yep. will be, um, you know, the right door for you and it, it'll take you seeking yep. and, and trying each key, right. in each door, mm-hmm. uh, when you're job seeking and having to go through those interviews, having to go through that rejection, it's again, it's only building your, your, your skills for, and for that new opportunity and becoming a master of job seeking, which can help you once you want to, you know, go somewhere else in a different point of your life in a different season. So no, thank you for, for telling us that story. I think it's really valuable. Sure. Um, so, so just to transition into uh, what are the things that you like about your job? What would you say mm-hmm. are the most fulfilling parts about mm-hmm. your role right now? Is it, um, and I know we talked a little bit about it, but um, what are like, maybe like the top two things that you're like, I do this because, you know, it's truly fulfilling. Sure. So I would say the two things that are, 
are really fulfilling for me, first of all, is uh, you become, in the way we work, we're, we're really, uh, clients are in a lot of ways friends and, and almost, you know, part of a family. You know, they're, they're welcoming us in to, to be part of something that, frankly, is, is, pretty, is pretty intimate for a lot of people, which is their money, you know, which is their, how they're going to be handling finances, kind of what are their plans for their, you know, their children and inheritance and, and setting up the next generation. So we're really touching on a lot of very personal aspects of people's lives. And, but, but I, so I, I appreciate and, and, and really honor that trust. And it just is, it's much more than just a, a, you know, kind of a client relationship or, or a, I, you know, I'm selling something relationship. It's, it's, you know, really I'm, I'm part of these people's lives in a, in a very deep way. So that, that is meaningful to me, I think. And, and I think related to that is the fact that personally, I, I've always enjoyed things where I can, I can very clearly see the results of my, my efforts and actions. Yeah. I can see if I put in the work doing X, Y, Z, I can see what that output looks like. And so with, with what we do, it's, it's, that is pretty tangible. I mean, we're working with, we're working with real people. We can see tangibly from a dollar perspective, you know, how maybe our advice is helping. But even beyond that, from, uh, you know, just from the perspective of hopefully alleviating a lot of the stress or concerns or worries that people have about their, their finances, you know, it's, yeah. it's very, uh, it's very tangible. And I, I like that. And the ability, of course, to, to have that really deep uh, personal interaction. So, those are those are probably the most rewarding things for me. And every every case is different. I mean, that's that's the other thing, is there's there's always such variety in what you're seeing. There's always new circumstances. You're always learning new things. Um, so it, it 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 certainly doesn't get repetitious. It's always you know a chance to to learn and do something a little differently. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy that that you say that because um, I'd say my perspective. Is, before was that being a financial advisor was kind of a repetitive job or accounting mm -hmm. was a repetitive job. But now that you mentioned that whole relationship aspect with your clients, mm -hmm. so it's a completely different perspective, right? Like you're, you're mm -hmm. have different people, different cases. It's, it's a, it's a different project for each one of them. Uh, and I think what you say about relieving that stress, financial stress is, so essential and so helpful for some human you know, human individuals that um that the, the main the main is, uh, point of stress is finances yeah. and you're able to help them through that like like a coach like a counselor yeah, exactly. um, yeah that's awesome and because of that my my last question to you if anyone's mm -hmm. looking into financial advising personal finance uh, what would you say are the top skills that somebody should develop to be successful, or at least, yeah, to be fit mm -hmm. for this personal finance field. Sure. So I'll, I'll start with. I don't want to say what's not important, but I'll say what's what a lot of people think is the most important. Uh -huh. is that is that you know super technical knowledge, right? Of uh -huh. uh, you know being able to value you know value a stock or knowing you know math. <laughs> People all the time will come up to me and, and friends be like, wow, you must be like a math whiz. And <laughs> not really, you know, I mean, I'm all right at math, but we're not, you know, we're not doing, uh, you know, trigonometry here or advanced count or anything like that. You know, yeah. the math is 
math is one aspect of it, but really the, the more, the, the much more important aspect and skills I would say is, is first of all, listening. You know, there's, there's frankly a lot of psychology, I, I think that goes into this, this job. Mm. Um, you have to listen to what your clients are saying. You have to listen to what they're not saying and kind of, you know, is there something maybe in between the lines that can, can help you understand, you know, the perspective they're bringing here that maybe identifies, you know, some of the issues that they might be currently having and, and how we can fix that. So just being able to, to listen um, and that, and that and along with that, I would say that emotional intelligence and empathy, you know, to think, to, to put yourself in the shoes of the client. That's something we actually do all the time um, with myself and my senior advisor will be, will be to, to role play a little bit and say, okay, we're, we have this recommendation for them you know, if I was the client, what would I want to know about it? What are, what are the, you know, what's the, first of all, what's the why? Why are we doing this? How, how does it work? How does it impact me? Like taking on that mindset of the, of the client, I think is important because it's, it's one thing as the advisor, like we said, you know, you know, you know, all the, the, the kind of the rationale for it, the reason, maybe all the logic to it, but you also have to be able to address for the client, the, the more emotional aspects of, of yeah. you know, and integrate those two. So, so I would say, you know, empathy is super important. Uh, listening, obviously, really, really important. And then uh, I would say uh, being creative, you know, some creative thought process um, and just and being able to find new and different ways to do things. You know, we, we touched on how every, every client case is different because there's always a different set of circumstances. Yeah. Um, and so we are, we're trying to, to find ways to address that. And so what we start with, we don't start with, you know, you need XYZ stock or we need to invest this amount of money. You know, that's, those are potential remedies if they fit. What we, what yeah. we have to start with is, okay, these are your goals. These are some weak points. You know, how do we address that? And from that, what tools are we going to, to select? So being creative and, and, you know, just thinking of different ways to address that, I think is, is important too. Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice. Um, that emotional intelligence, I think yeah. goes a long way for a lot of different things um, to be able to, to see past your emotions and think mm -hmm. more logistically and think, um, you know, have that empathy for the people you're helping that is so useful in many things. Would you say that's one of the things that you have that you saw as well or developed during your internships when you worked with, when you saw people working with clients that you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. That was something that, that jumped off right away. That was something that was a, maybe a bit of a surprise to me being new was I thought it would be, okay. you know, picking the absolute best stocks and creating <laughs> optimized portfolio. But, you know, that's only, that's only a tool, right? The, the process, the planning and that, and like you said, that emotional intelligence, that's, that's really the, that's really the main, the main thing that we, we do. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, thank you so much for everything you have told us today and, and all your insights and your story. You certainly have had um, quite an interesting one with all the decisions that you've made thus far. I mean, 
I know it seems like it, it has been four years, but still like having graduated four years sure. ago, I still have had uh, quite a lot of experience, learning experience in your career. And I'm sure that, you know, years to come, you'll find out more things about yourself as a professional and, and oh, yeah. things that you would like to do in the future. Well, thank you so much again for uh, jumping on an episode with us. We are so happy to have you, John, and I hope that we'll get to see more of you. We'll certainly, um, list your LinkedIn in our in our uh, social media for your episode is that a good time is that a good place to reach you if anyone wants to connect with you you're also yeah. a Tezu mentor correct yeah that's right so yeah if, if there's anyone who who wants to talk more if they're interested about learning about careers in the industry uh, or just learning more about what I do uh, definitely LinkedIn would be great or you can you can contact me through the through the DSU mentor portal, but uh, I want to say thank you to you, Carla, because I think that this, this uh, program and beyond the tassel that you've been doing is fantastic. I think you're doing an awesome job. So thank you for providing this service to our, our DSU community. Of course, that's my pleasure. I'm very honored to do it. <laughs> thank you. Right, take care. Take care. Thank you once again for tuning in to today's episode of Beyond the Tassel. It is our pride to present the success stories of our DeSales alumni via a podcast. If you are a DeSales alumni and would like to become a TSU mentor, you can contact melanie.valone at desales.edu. And if you are currently a DeSales student and would like to connect with an alumni in your field, you can contact kathy.kraus at desales.edu. Until next time, Bulldogs.